Hello, everybody, and welcome to Geopolitics in Conflict show. So good to be with you. I'm very, very excited. I know, as I said, I'm getting better by the day, so it feels, it feels very good. So before I launch into anything, I want to say a few things, okay? One of them has to do with your uh, expressing my sincere appreciation and thanks to you all for your kind wishes and kind words. I looked at all the comments and I answered most of them, uh, um, wishing me good health and so forth. It truly, truly means a lot to me and I truly appreciate it. Uh, th this is the kind of community we're trying to create, guys. It, it, it's, we, we, we all share some common things, regardless where you came from, regardless where your ethnicity is, regardless whatever. We, we all share some bonds and, and, and this is what I like the most is when I come online and, and, and share the knowledge with you and learn from you as well. I also want to take a shout out at uh, uh, Tom905. Uh, he's our member. He's one of our members uh, on the other platform. And, and thank you very much, Tom, for your kind support and your, 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 your kind words. So it truly means a lot. So regarding the question of uh, last session about the EU, whether it will stand on its feet, uh, majority says no, which I kind of concur with. It was only one individual, and I am not going to disclose the name out of respect for his privacy or her privacy, that uh, I was very surprised. The answer was yes, and it surprised me. So I would be very, very curious to know uh, how uh, that individual reached that kind of uh, outcome. So it would be very interesting to learn from. So anyway. What I wanted to talk to you today about is a, a visit by the uh, Chinese Defense Ministry. Uh, I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Wei Fang. You know, this visit happened a few days ago. I was aware of it, but I couldn't talk at that time because I lost my voice. So I ke kept all my notes and, and digged into everything. And I said, well, when I feel better, I'm going to come online and share that knowledge with you. Why? It's very, very important. It, it's, it's a really, really very important for you to understand the reason why the Chinese defense minister want to Iran now at this time, what it means for the geopolitical landscape in the Middle East and around the world, and how it's going to now shape the trajectory of where the global balance of power is headed. Okay? And this is what we're going to be talking about. So I'm going to wear my geopolitical analyst hat. And we're going to get into uh, our discussions and, and I'll provide a conclusion, of course, and a question of the day. First of all, I want to say thanks to Evan. Thank you very much for your super sticker. Truly appreciate it and appreciate all your support, guys. So uh, let me get on one specific, the headlines that you need to know that pertain to the topic we're going to be talking about. You need to keep in mind three main things. One of them is Saudi Arabia ongoing talks with Iran that is overseen by Iraq. Okay, that's very important. Second thing, Qatar, as of yesterday, the, the country of Qatar, the, the Gulf state, has regained now the lead as the world's largest natural gas exporter. That is a big deal, especially when it comes down to China's energy. And the third aspect that you need to keep in mind it has to do with China, Iran, 25-year comprehensive cooperation plan agreement that they signed way back. So, 
So those are very important for you. <coughs> Excuse me. For you to understand, as as I provide, as I said, I provide a brief analysis for you uh, why you keep those uh, uh, headlines or topics, whatever I mentioned, in perspective as you form that puzzle for you to understand what those dynamics means. Okay. Now, this because it's a very it falls within my area, my academic background, my experience, and and also in addition to writing a book about Iran in which I address these kind of topics. I am not surprised at the visit. And I am also going to share with you, uh, I'll have it at the bottom of the description, an article that I wrote back in 2016, predicting exactly what is happening now. You know, it's, I, When I used to write for the Huffington Post at that time as a contributor, contributor, and I wrote an article, and I am going to share it with you so you can see for yourself. So, so there are three key areas we're going to focus on in this discussion today. One of them has to do with energy. Second one has to do with strategic. And the third one has to do with military dimensions. So, so the visit as a whole of the Chinese uh, defense minister, Wei Fang, which took place, by the way, on April 27th, if I'm not mistaken. And as I said earlier, I couldn't talk at that time, uh, but I decided to, to keep my notes because I was able to read. I kept my notes and all that stuff. And, and I said to myself, when I feel better, I will share, uh, share that with you. Well, uh, the visit, you know, once again, personally for me, I'm not surprised. But it comes aimed at surging purchases of uh, China, uh, China's uh, of Iran oil. Why? Because also the increase in, in purchase of China, of Iran uh, oil, but also increase attacks in the region from Iran proxies. And the other one they, has to do with the rumor about the lingering rumors about another Chinese base, which I am not going to be surprised at all. As a matter of fact, I disclosed that information way back. It's just a matter of time. And when I talk about the military dimension, I will provide you the reason why that is. So, so, uh, so this visit by because Secretary, uh, the Defense Minister, it's a high profile uh, the, because this visit sort of highlight uh, the, the two countries deepening of their strategic uh, relations and heightened also the concern over regional stability for both from China's perspective and from Iran perspective. And, and we will detail into all this. But I'm going to provide some uh, uh, sort of uh, quotes from uh, the statements that uh, at the time when I was just listening to what's going on and reading, of course, the Iranian president, Ibrahim Raisi, at the time praised the cooperation uh, with uh, China its largest trading partner, as a matter of fact. So, and his argument was, and I quote here, that to expand its long-term strategic relations, end of quote. Now, if there is one thing you learn when it comes down to international relations and, and global affairs, let me say thank you to Panda. Thank you so much for your super sticker. We truly appreciate it. So... If you are to look at global affairs, if you are to look at geopolitics, if you, got, if you are to look at international relations, which, by the way, they all are the same. 
except that academic institutions give them a different word. So when I say geopolitics, I am referring to global affairs. I am referring to international uh, relations. I am referring to uh, the, the, the um, what we call the uh, global affairs. They're all the same. So what's interesting about that is always to see the keywords that are used. Those statements are not just some hyperbole. It's not some random stuff. No, no. If there is one thing I've learned over the years, you know, not only as an analyst, but also as a former military myself, as an academician, you know, is that there is no randomness in geopolitics. There is always a reason as to why certain countries take actions for whatever that reason is. Of course, they're all tied to national or strategic interest, that is, which is the legitimate action or reason for any country to consider, except when it becomes chaotic and that becomes the objective of some other agenda, which is a topic for another day. And we're going to get into that at some point. So, so that is the idea why that statement was, uh, was uh, uh, interesting uh, coming out of uh, Ibrahim Raisi. He also said, and I quote here, that regional and global developments show more than ever the value of Iran-China strategic cooperation. End of quote. And I'm going to add one more uh, uh, quote from him during his meeting with the Chinese defense minister, Wei Fang, when Raisi said, and I quote, countering unilateralism, unilateralism and creating stability and order are possible only through the cooperation of the like-minded independent powers. Those are some heavy, <laughs> heavy words. They carry a lot of weight when it comes down to the message that they are sending. Because we all know the dynamics. You know, there are three countries that matters on the global stage, of course. You know, the United States, Russia, and China, not in a specific order, but there's three, okay? But also what matters also is the creation of the alliances that are emerging as part of the new global order. You look at China-Russia partnership. You look at Russia-Iran partnership. You look at Iran-China partnership. And you look at Iran-China-Russia partnership. No. Those are very important. And those are uh, key uh, factors that you need to be aware of to see, like I always say, guys, where the trends are headed. This is why I personally, when I heard about the visit on the 27th, I, the first question that came to my mind is, why now? What does it mean? Given what's going on you know, with Ukraine tensions, of course, with the tensions in, uh, uh, regarding the Solomon Islands, with the tensions that were taking place at that time in, in Pakistan, with India, Kazakhstan, you know, all those pockets around the world, that means something. So this is the reason why I, I asked the question for that one. So. So that is the significance of this one. But the significance does not lie only in the diplomatic niceties or exchange of visits. No, 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 no. It goes much deeper to that. And those are the three key areas, as I said, I'm going to talk about. Well, one of them has to do with the first one is energy and trade between the two countries. 
Iran exports to China uh, have really surged by about uh, almost, almost 60%. The exact figure that I saw was about 58% uh, in the past 12 months. That is big. While imports from China grew by about 29%. That is substantial. So, the other aspects to this one is it has to do with China's purchase of Iran oil. You know, they have risen substantially to a record level in recent months. You know, and this is uh, and, and this almost since 2017. And he peaked recently in recent months. And this is despite the U.S. sanctions. You know, why? It's because China was able to maneuver and find a way how to circumvent that. Most countries do it, you know. You know, there are those who always say, well, they, they cheating. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Most countries do it. We do it as well. So we shouldn't be, you know, only pointing fingers when it suits us that a country A is doing wrong when we are doing it. You know, it's kind of, that's double standard. But here's the thing for the Chinese import of energy from Iran. They have exceeded about 700,000 uh, barrels per day just since uh, January of this year. That's the jump from 623,000 barrels. Why am I giving you these figures? Is to put things in perspective so you can see that the one of the reasons for the visit beside the military and the strategic dimension to it has to do with securing access to energy. And all this falls within the strategic planning of China's ensuring access to different sources of energy. Iran is one of them. That is very important. That's, that's the one of the aspects of the energy uh, part of it. Okay. Because here's the thing. The oil production regarding uh, 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 Iran has reached pre-sanctioned figures despite economic pressures from the U.S. Because Iran is an OPEC member, one. And second, Iran has a lot of oil. So, and this is not new. You know, China has been importing uh, uh, oil from Iran. It, it just it was, as I said earlier, and the radar. You know, because the shipments was done through unofficial channels, shall we say. However, this past January, China's customs reported the first import of Iran crude oil despite the ongoing uh, sanctions. Once again, this is very significant. I almost compare it to when China issued a warning to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, not to visit Taiwan. And she didn't. Of course, it was her office claimed that she got uh, sick. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. But you get the point. You get the idea. So, But again, what is also the message into this? That now China is able to dictate the terms. Usually what comes with that? Change in the global balance of power. That is what's important about the statements in itself or the action that China is taking. Okay? Let's move to the strategic aspects of it. 
strategically speaking, and, and I speak again from my own experience based on the research that I did for this book, for Volatile State, Iran in the Nuclear Age, in which I devoted a section about China, Iran, relationship, and where it's headed in the future. So if you ever get a chance, guys, to read it, it's an easy read, but a straightforward. You truly will enjoy it. So, uh, so strategically speaking, don't be surprised if and when Iran and China enters into a treaty in which, and yes, I am going to say it, in which Iran will allow China to establish a military presence either on the Iranian territory because Iran's geostrategic location of tremendous significance. Once again, nothing happens in a vacuum. Or it's going to be, that location is going to be near the Strait of Hormuz. Why the Strait of Hormuz? It's because it's a major international waterway for global oil shipment. And what this has to do with China? Well, of course, China imports a lot of oil from Iran. So usually it has always been the, I won't use the term tradition, but it has always been customary that the U.S., maintain the stability of the Strait of Hormuz from any interruptions because which which I can see the arguments for that that if you disrupt a global oil shipments you're going to disrupt the global economy this is now exactly what is happening with the sanctions on Russia the global economy is being impacted whether you are in in Malaysia Indonesia Singapore China Philippines, or India, Pakistan, United States, Canada, Germany, or France, or South Africa, or uh, uh, the Republic of Congo, whatever. You got the idea. The Strait of Hormuz, that was the whole reason why. It's stability. It's very, very important. And that is one of the ideas as to why I personally see down the road that possibility. Because here's the thing, China has increased its military and diplomatic involvement in the Middle East. It's no coincidence, and there is a reason for that. And the reason is, is that China sees Iran as the gate to access the uh, Middle East. Because literally, you know, as an analyst myself, when I say, if you are to think in the Middle East, about which country that could influence the dynamics within the region, Middle East, that is. Which country comes to your mind? Saudi Arabia? Nah. Turkey? Nah. Who else? Who else is there? Iran. So it becomes that the thinking in Beijing that is of a strategic one. Of course, there are some calculations that China will have to really consider Otherwise, it will be risky. And I'll get into that when we talk about the military aspects of it. But that's one aspect to that one. So, so but here is the interesting thing. What's interesting is that the Chinese defense minister, uh, we found, you know, has also visited Saudi Arabia about uh, three months ago. It was a quiet visit. That's why I said at the beginning, you have to keep in mind, as we discuss this, the ongoing 
uh, dialogue or discussions between Saudi Arabia and Iran. They are in the process of reestablishing ties. And once again, this is not because of the love of religion. They care less. They are on the opposite end. Saudis are Sunnis, uh, Iran is Shiites. They don't see eye to eye on certain things. But this one has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with the strategic interests. Saudi Arabia is seeing where the trend is headed. Iran is already on that train with China. So Saudis do not want to be left behind. This is why they stated what they stated about a month ago, that they will consider the acceptance of the Chinese currency for the delivery of energy. Once again, it's no coincidence. And this is the reason why they are moving. So the defense minister, the Chinese defense minister, uh, 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 Mr. Wee, or General Wee, that is, he had been in Saudi Arabia. And what Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, when we think of Saudi Arabia, we think it's one of the closest allies to the U.S. Not anymore. I mean, this is still on papers, but things are moving. So The other aspect of that is, which I will share with you, it's not classified, it's secret still, but, you know, there was the construction of a military facility in the United Arab Emirates under the Chinese. Once again, you need to put this in perspective on the bigger picture. Why China enters the Middle East through Iran, but also changing the global balance of power quietly. So, so no doubt that China sees Iran as its most important strategic partner in the Middle East. And once again, it's common sense. So because China needs energy, and oil imports. Straightforward. No economy will survive without that. And Europeans are now about to find out, especially with the sanctions regarding Russia. China also has some worries. And those worries are of strategic ones. And this one has to do with the Strait of Hormuz. It's very important. The Strait of Hormuz. Why? Because China worries about the U.S., control of the Strait of Hormuz and military presence in the region, which means what? The U.S. can cut off any shipments going to China. So it's no different than what's taking place right now with the tensions in Solomon Islands. Why is that important? Solomon Islands is north of Australia, within about uh, 1,900 uh, miles from Diego Garcia, but also it's a major waterways, access to South China Sea, major waterways for China's to ensure access to energy. So, so in this case, Iran is the only country that is closer to the Strait of Hormuz. There is no doubt in my mind that Iran looks at China also, not necessarily as a friend for now, but as a country that shares the desire to take down the U.S. hegemony. I'm not surprised, you know, after imposing sanctions on Iran for over 30 plus years. One thing is sure, I want you to make uh, sure of it, is that this high-level visit by the Chinese defense minister to Iran, it's from, an emer uh, from the emerging global power 
portend significant changes to the geopolitical landscape. And that is why, again, guys, I'm saying, <coughs> I'm saying, you can't, you can't just look at the events that taking taking place in different pockets of the world and assume that, well, this action in location A has nothing to do with location B. No, it does, directly or indirectly. And once again, this is why you, the common question one we will ask is, why now? Why the trip now? What is the significance of it? Given the turmoil that's taking place in Europe now, because there's a turmoil going on in Europe, we don't hear much about it, you know, especially now with the inflation going up. So with the global supply chain that's been disrupted, with the energy prices, food commodities, you know, and the changes that's taking place in different regional areas. All this is important to keep in mind. Let's talk about the military dimension. And this one, I do know uh, uh, a few details about it. As I said again, I disclose them in this book if you get a chance to read because it's too lengthy. So I just uh, get the key uh, information that I need you to put in perspective and understand it. So, well, of course, there is a growing concern is that uh, uh, when I say growing concern within the West, you know, not necessarily the uh, regional countries in the Middle East, but from the United States, some Western allies, mainly UK, uh, Germany to a degree, France to a degree. Uh, and the concern is that about Chinese presence in the Middle East. Now we're talking military dimensions. Keep this in mind because it's very, very important. And the idea that uh, there have been some I don't want to like to use the word rumors, but some news came out that uh, China could be sending thousands of troops that would be deployed to Iran. No, I'm yet to verify this, but I am not surprised already because I I'm seeing the trend coming. So, and what is the reason for the deployment of those troops? You know, to safeguard China's economic interest. And, and this one has to do with the uh, uh, sort of the uh, uh, the amplified existing concerns about the secrecy surrounding the 25-year deal between China and Iran. Because remember, that deal has not been made public. What you are reading about is just some uh, 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 highlights of it. No details came out. I can tell you this based on facts. Because so, that's very, very important to understand. And there is a reason to why both countries decided to maintain the secrecy of that agreement. Now, the, the, the logical question to ask is, you know, is this wrong? In my opinion, no, it's not. It's bilateral treaty between two countries. Two countries can decide whatever they want. It's almost like the two countries can decide which currency to trade in. The two countries can decide which commodities to trade. You know, no other uh, outside entity has the authority or the right to dictate to those two countries 
what they can agree upon. It's common sense. It's logical. And that could be the justification for why they decided to keep that uh, deal as a secret. The, the, the clauses of it as a secret. And uh, China and Iran, because they have agreed now to deepen all, and once again, watch the words, guys, carefully, all around the cooperation, including in the field of defense, military, petrochemicals, and energy, and some other technologies, telecommunications and financing or banking. Iran and China will be deepening practical cooperation in areas, especially in the military, services, and arms. You're looking also at a joint military exercises and training. You know, China is aware that the Middle East, the countries like Iran, sort of have a great need to import weapons from other countries. You know, why should we be surprised when we look at, for example, Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia, it's a client of the United States, but also Saudi Arabia now is considering purchase of some weapons from China. You look at Turkey, for example, which they already went ahead with the uh, 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 purchase of the S-400 systems. By the way, while I'm remembering that, I don't remember last time I said, well, was Turkey the only country? No, no. China is also has purchased the S-400 missile systems from uh, Russia. So, so you get now two countries that there. And Iran soon will have that. Once again, guys, the dynamics as the key word. You're seeing where the trend is headed. Okay, So militarily, both China and Iran interest could merge in an unexpected way. And that's exactly what I disclosed in the book. And what am I referring to here? I'm referring to China's advanced military technology. You know, And with that, one will assume that that uh, the uh, what took place with the lifting of sanctions on Iran, because now they have been imposed. But it won't matter, because still China is going to sell its military systems to other countries in the region, Iran included. Of course, when it comes down to the weapon sales, you don't sell the very sensitive or advanced stuff. But it won't matter. In the case of Iran and China, China is going to assist. Uh, uh, Iran, especially when it comes down to its missile technologies. And, and I'm not surprised. So. And this is also what prompted Saudi Arabia to do the same. Just because they don't want to be left behind. you know. And, and, and that's, that's normal. And to give you guys an example, uh, uh, you think about the China's recent... Uh, a successful test of its hypersonic uh, nuclear uh, WU-14 missile, you know, which is about uh, its range. I looked at the specs on it. It's about 7,600 miles per hour. No, no. Because that, that test has drawn the attention of many potential customers in the Middle East that already have started to see China as an alternative supplier to the American defense weapon system. Once again, excuse me, 
Once again, nothing happens in a vacuum, guys. That's what I want you to get out of this. Nothing happens in a vacuum. And to simplify the complexities of geopolitics and all that, you break it down into trends. You break it down into uh, uh, actions, strategies. This is what we're doing, by the way. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, 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 a master class about you know, how to think as geopolitical analysts. You know, I hope you can just check it out, guys. I'm going to put the link for you at the bottom of the description. Uh, it's going to be like, I think, on the 19th or 20th of May, somewhere around that time. Uh, and, and we're going to be detailing some stuff that you truly, it will help you. And this one has nothing to do just with geopolitics. It has to do with how you navigate life because you're going to be dealing with a human. And when it comes down to humans, one thing you need to know about is human behavior, how people think, how people behave. And if you have an understanding of that, as I always say, you get the key to the throne. So I'll post that one for you guys uh, at the bottom of the description. So just to go back to my point here about the military, you know, all this, it's not happening in a vacuum. And here is what I see coming moving forward. In the upcoming years, China might be attempt to sell even a wide variety of advanced weapon systems to Iran. That include the J-10 fighters, which are a little bit advanced. So now think about the possibilities of Iran acquiring the Chinese J-10 fighters, which is considered uh, sort of at the top, up there, in the likes of the SU-35s, the, the F-18s, the MiGs, and, and all that stuff. So that's going to give Iran leverage in the Middle East. And if Iran has a good relationship with China, sky is the limit. So that is one thing you need to keep in mind. Let me talk about... Uh, the 25-year deal between Iran and China, because I, I I kept a sort of a note on it. Excuse me. I'm, I'm reaching my point, I guess, when I can't talk as much. Here's the thing. <clears throat> Iran priorities, you know, because, again, any country in that position is going to be thinking about its strategic interest. So to Iran... Its interest was the successful implementation of the 25-year comprehensive cooperation plan with China that is signed with China. It was in March 2021. After five years of secretive talks, yeah. it wasn't made public. It was behind closed doors. When Hassan Rouhani used to be president, That was the reason why they decided not to disclose that. And the details of the deal, as I said earlier, have not been made public, and they were not. And Tehran, or Iran for that matter, has said only that it includes political, strategic, and economic clauses. You know, I'll share it with you, because it's not classified per se. And, and second, it's... Uh, if you know where to look, there are always ways of finding information. So it includes basically telecommunications, the financial system, uh, the banking system, which is major. What am I referring to in the banking system? I'm talking about 
creating the infrastructure to, to bypass the SWIFT system altogether. So, so when you got telecommunications, when you got the uh, uh, financial system, petrochemical industry, arms, economic, trade, you name it. That is very, very important. So that becomes more than just a bilateral between two countries. That becomes a partnership of sort. And partnerships, they tend, not all the time, but they tend to move into some sort of a treaty down the road, assuming both countries can come to an agreement. From uh, China's perspective, because we can't look at it just from uh, Iran, we can look at it also from China's perspective. From China's perspective, the point of the 25-year deal is for China to gain a foothold, not only in Iran, but in the Middle East. Particularly when it comes down to Iran, is there are two key regions or two key locations that, are, that China is eyeing on having a foot of having a hold uh, or foothold on that one island called Jask, and Jask is it's a J A S K. I'll put a link for you guys for that for the map. That one is a port town, about uh, six hundred kilometers, a uh, thousand miles, shall we say, from uh, uh, south of Tehran. Okay, it is situated. Where this uh, just island situated on the Gulf of Amman. Why is that important? Gulf of Amman will give you access to the Arabian Sea, will give you access to the Indian Ocean when one-fourth of the global trade goes through that water. So you can see why China aiming at that. The second, uh, and by the way, that just island is going to become soon a hub for Iran oil exports. The second one is the Kish, or Gaish, as they pronounce it in Farsi, Gaish. Gaish is located in the Persian Gulf, about 12 miles from mainland Iran. And this is why the importance of it. So Beijing has already, by the way, constructed a series of ports along the Indian Ocean. And once again, I disclosed that in this book. This is why I say it's very important if you get a chance to read it. You truly will find it very interesting because of what I disclosed. So China has already built certain series of ports and creating some sort of like a chain or necklace of refueling and resupply stations from the South China Sea to the Suez Canal. It's no coincidence. And once again, it falls within the strategic interest of not only China in this case, any country that could afford to do that, that's what they're going to do. And that's, that's it's a natural progression. You know, of course, the West is going to look at it differently. And again, I am not advocating for this against this or vice versa. What I am advocating for is logical arguments to provide it to you so you can see both sides of the arguments and you can reach your own conclusions based on the knowledge you gained, 
and the knowledge you know. Because again, you can't be reaching conclusions in a vacuum. You have to have some aspects of understanding what do they mean. It's not enough just to have information. You could have information, but if you don't understand what does it mean, it becomes useless. That's the way as I look at it. Uh, the day when I get my PhD, and you know, you walk through the stage and call your name and all that, doctor, so and so. You know, I was asking myself as I'm walking to shake a hand, the president of the university, and, and the question that I was asking myself is, am I going to be part of the problem or am I going to be part of the solution? If having a PhD just to uh, for my own ego and be called doctor and all that stuff and couldn't serve humanity, then what's the point? It's useless. That's how I see it. No, that's why I never has to mention, oh, I'm Dr. Sunset. Oh, I'm just David. That's about it. It's because you have to think in terms of how can you serve humanity with the knowledge you have gained over the years, both academically and practically or theoretically in the field or whatever. And that is the whole idea. To understand these dynamics, uh, if you don't understand what it means, it, it becomes just information sitting in your mind and sort of useless. And I don't think so. You guys are brave enough. And, 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 and I'm not saying this to be Mr. Nice. You know me by now. You know, I read enough of your comments and I can read between the lines. Smart comments, very, very civilized, intelligence conversations. And this is what the community we are hoping to build for all. For us all. It's not about the ego of a PhD. Whatever. Who cares for that stuff? Is the idea of sharing the knowledge with other human beings so we can spread the message of understanding what the truth and the reality is. Because we all know, you know it, guys. We've been bombarded and we are bombarded by different type of information, shall we say. That's the whole objective for it. So to understand those dynamics of why, for example, the defense minister of China went to Iran now and it didn't go six months ago, you have to understand the reasons. And understanding the reasons will give you an understanding of the big picture. That's how I see it. So I am reaching my point, guys, if I can't talk as much. So I'm going to do a conclusion and leave you with the question of the day. I think I have done enough talk for today. It's getting better. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't get me wrong. I, I feel much better than I was a week and a half ago. So, or two, whatever that is. So here's my conclusion, guys. Just for you to keep in mind, and I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up with the question. So, so whether the West wants to admit to it or not, which is irrelevant at this point, you know, China is fast acquiring. Yes, it is fast acquiring the political clout that goes hand in hand with its economic preeminence and military rise. And as I always say, I'm a student of history. History, using history as my guide, it is the, exa the exact recipe, the, the exact path the United States followed after World War II. So it's no different. 
Let me just get this. It's not different, guys. So this is why I'm saying, and, and I use my word carefully, as I said at the beginning, whether the West likes it or not, wants to admit it or not, it's irrelevant. The global balance of power has shifted. The geopolitical landscape has like merged to a different path altogether. So China alluring Iran is but one chapter in this long strategy. Because remember what I said yesterday, uh, yesterday, like, yeah, yesterday. I would I think before some at some point. Remember the Euro Asia region, and remember also that China, uh, Iran, is going to become a permanent member of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. Once again, you put things in perspective. That's all it means. So, as the sun rises over the horizon. In a troubled region of the Middle East, the sleeping giant awakens and the Middle East will soon be saying good morning, whether to China or Iran, that remains to be seen. Uh, thank you so much for Super Sticker. I am so sorry I can't read the word in Chinese. If you will be kind, just put your name in English so I can, I, I, I like to give you a shout out. And I like to recognize you guys, you know. I, I truly appreciate it. Truly appreciate it. So and I am aware of, of the individual. He always put a super stickers for us. So thank you so much. So this is what I'm seeing as the trend moving forward, guys. You know, those kind of trips uh, for high delegations, high profile, uh, you know, those don't happen in a vacuum. There is always a strategic reason, and rightly so. It is no different than uh, as I said earlier. You know, uh, when when uh, the Speaker of the House was planning on going to Taiwan and how China stepped forward and issued a warning to the Speaker of the House and changed course. That didn't happen in a vacuum. It happened because the global balance of power has changed. Which is normal. So, so here's my question for you for today. And I am going to be done talking for today. And by the way, I'm going to come on the air tomorrow. Uh, uh, Ross and I, we're going to do, I think tomorrow, I'm sure, uh, we're going to do uh, other topic about Sweden and Finland. Why it would be a strategic mistake of a great proportion if they ever join NATO. So we'll provide the live stream for that. So, so here's my question for you guys. And the question is this. Could China strategic calculations to forge a partnership with Iran, further undermine U.S. leadership around the world. Uh, Tristan, thank you very much. Uh, you wrote the, the access of the world polls are changing. I couldn't agree more. I truly couldn't agree more, Tristan. You know, the West, of course, is not going to want to admit it. And how could you, you know? You've been leading the global order for the last uh, 70 years. It's going to be very, very challenging and hard for the United States to accept it. But it's a fair complete, whether we like it or not. That's just one thing about how geopolitics work. So, so let me repeat the question for you guys. You know, could China's strategic calculations to forge a partnership 
with Iran further undermine U.S. global leadership. You know, I know it's a broad, it has so many other dimensions, but I would just, as I said earlier, like I always say, it's just for us to have a conversation. You know, there is no right or wrong answer, of course, but this is how we exchange information, knowledge, and learn from each other. So I hope, guys, you find this very information. Please, if you have not subscribed yet to the channel, please do so right now. And also, I'm going to put the link for you for our uh, uh, master class. So check it out if you are interested. You know, it doesn't cost anything. Just go and sign up for it. So I look forward to seeing you soon, guys. And as always, stay informed. Till next time. Bye-bye.